Blog Talk Radio. This is The Real. I am your host, Dave Abbott, along with my fellow host, Tony Ferraro. Tony Ferraro, that's me. So excited <laughs> about this week. We've got some great stuff to discuss, including our next What Did They Say segment. Like, how stupid can some people be? That's right. It's the it's a new segment that we came up, came up with uh, just today. It's called the, uh, I like to call it the three dumbest things. So we'll get into that in a little in a little bit. I'm gonna call it the, um, I'm gonna call it the three dumbest things and the three most misunderstood things. But that's all right. Go ahead. Oh, that's fair. The question, of course, is which <laughs> side are you talking about when you say misunderstood, and which side are you talking about when you say dumb? Right. I think uh, I think we all know which side is dumb, don't we, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> we do. <laughs> Let's just say yeah, I have no shortage of ammunition for you, my friend. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So what's our lineup tonight? Well, tonight we're going to talk about, uh, I don't know how we pronounce this. Is it DACA or DECA, or should we just call it the uh, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals uh, policy, which is uh, exactly what it is? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Call okay. It, call it what it is. Oh no, you can't do that. You're left. Yeah, you can't call it what it is. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> so um Yeah, DACA. We can call it DACA. Let's call it DACA. That's fine. So um to start off, we all know, I'm sure most everybody listening knows that earlier in the week President Trump decided to take his uh, Trumpinator, the slicer and dicer that he likes to use for all Obama era policy, and uh, and dump DACA into it, and then turn it on high and uh, blend it, uh, chop it up into little pieces, and uh, send it on its way. Except Trump couldn't take responsibility for it. He instead is deferring to Congress to figure out what to do with uh, the blended, grossed out mess that he's making in office. Wouldn't you agree with that assessment? I well. You know, I find it interesting that you criticized that the way you did when it really sounded like you were describing an abortion. But outside of that, that's um, how I feel about you know, this presidency. Yeah, and, and it, it blows like an away. abortion. Well, I, I think this is the difference between us. I prefer democracy. You prefer a dictator. That's the difference. Oh, oh, and, come and, on. and I don't know how you can have a problem with Trump saying, look, immigration is Congress's responsibility. Uh, what the previous president did was fiat away by waving a magic wand our borders when in reality Congress should have spoke. And just so you know, by the way, what, what Obama did was override several legislative attempts at the same proposition. The people had spoken through Congress previously and had opted – and by the way, bipartisan opted not to adopt the, 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 dream pol- the dreamer's policy. Now what Trump has done is he said, look – I'm not going that's to be a dictator. True. I'm going to but, no. It absolutely is true. If you look at the that's three not true. We'll between 2010 and 2000, how is that not true, David? Look at the history of the bill. You have bipart you have bipartisan votes in the House at the first attempt that would not push the bill to the Senate in 2011. You have you have, I mean, it, it, then then it was the Senate that voted for it and and or, and uh, the House that wouldn't, and then and then finally it was the House again. 
I mean, the truth is what the president did this week was exactly right. He said we cannot, we cannot continue to purport presidential policy over congressional behavior. He pushed oh. it to Congress, and what happened today? We got a bipartisan initiative from two senators, one on the left, one on the right, saying we're going to take care of this. It was the appropriate way to handle it, and I'm excited that the system's working. What do you mean we're going to take – what did they say when, when, when you say we're going to take care of this because this is not news that I've heard? So what does that mean? Well, I mean if you watch the press conference from, from Lindsey Graham and uh, – uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember who the other guy was on the left. I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to those guys. But – uh, if you watch the press conference from that was a joke, um, I, it was yes. funny. At least, at least to me, it was funny. Uh, if you watch the press conference from them, uh, what what you see is that they're saying, "Look, let's move an initiative forward in order to create a dreamers policy. Uh, we're not going to leave these kids behind." You've got President, not President. You've got Senator Lindsey Graham straight up saying, "If we're going to make a mistake, we're going to make the mistake on the side of these kids." And and and, and it was uh, Dick Durbin, by the way. Um, it, 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 I agree with that. Let let Congress step up as the voice of the people and solve this problem. And if well, Congress I don't can come out that. with, How the, is with it a, a bill, problem, Tony, what is the problem? the problem? The problem is the President of the United States cannot unilaterally wave away the borders. He can't do that. He didn't it's, wave away the borders. That's, what that's not what did. happened. No, it's not. If he waved yes, away the borders, hang on. If he had waved away the borders. It would have allowed all illegal immigrants to just flow into this country at will and stay forever. And that is not at all what happened. That is not what, da- what uh, the DAC okay, does. Okay, selectively waved away the borders. At the end of the day, whether or not it's temporary, whether or not it's one moment it in time, or whether it goes on forever, it's still a waving away of the borders. It's a, you can't it take is, that it away. Is, and no, it is not a waving away of the borders. That's not true it's either. These people are people, not le- – they do not become legal just because uh, they, they are enrolled in the DREAM Act. That, that's not what happens. They absolutely become legal. They don't become citizens. They, they do not become, become citizens. Absolutely not. They don't become citizens. They don't, they don't, be, they don't suddenly have some kind of naturalized uh, status. But, right. but with the waving of a presidential wand – they are allowed to remain in the country without prosecution, which undermines immigration policy. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be in the country. By God, let them come in the country. Let them be here. Let them remain here. But let's do it through a proper legislative process. But this is a proper – listen, these people were brought into the country as minors. They, they, they be, through the DACA, they become eligible to receive a two-year period of deferred action. Every two years, I, they are reviewed, and then I they are either policy. renewed or not. Let me tell you what the bottom line That's problem policy. is. That's policy. It's the hypocrisy in the left, the hypocrisy. Wait, on is the, the one problem hand, the policy the or the, hand, is the problem the hypocrisy? It's absolutely the hypocrisy. Here's the problem. Okay. On the one hand, you want to criticize this president for waving his presidential wand, but you don't want to criticize the other president for waving his presidential wand because you happen to agree with the previous president's policy. What, uh, how, what Trump uh, is doing is he's saying, oh this is America. We have a constitution. We're a, law, we're a land of laws. We need to do this correctly. And Lindsey Graham and Dick Durbin are doing it correctly. You, you, are, you are standing on some very loose gravel right now as a foundation because the reality is that uh, – this is a president, the president that's in the office right now, who has signed more executive orders in his short time in office than Obama did in the same amount of time that he was in office in, in his first eight months. So, so for us to be talking about who should be criticizing who over executive uh, orders and executive policy, waving a magic wand, is it's a moot point in my opinion. The reality is right. that 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 because you're not listening the reality to the is that. The reality is that Obama enacted a policy that gives opportunity and actually adds to the U.S. economy uh, for young people who are, who are brought into this country as minors, who grow up in this country. It allows them to get education. It increases the welfare of immigrant families. This is a good policy. 
and now no, we're no, going no, no, to tear no, no, it down, no. and we're going to let Congress no. fix it? That sounds like a terrible you're, idea. See, what, what, what you're saying is the, means, the, the ends justify the means. That's the argument you're making right now, and the ends don't justify the means. Whether or not all those things are true, I agree all those things are true, and I agree those things can all still be true with a proper legislative process. And none of those things will be undermined by a proper legislative process. All of those things. So what, so what you're saying is you want you're saying you want the legislative branches to come up with a proper process, a different process, if you will, than the no, process the that's been process. instituted. It could be the same no, process. It can, it can be exactly the same process. What 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 we're that's why we're two ships passing in the night right now. Is what we're talking about is where does the president have a right to act independently versus where does he not? That's why when you say this president has executed more executive, uh, um, executive orders than the previous president, it, it's an irrele- it's, that's an irrelevant argument because what we're talking to is whether or not the executive orders were within the proper authority of the president. And what I'm saying is in the DACA example, it was not within the, the proper purview of Obama. And, why and, was it not? And Trump is why saying, not? Because immigration policy is to be set by the Congress according to our Constitution. The, 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 uh, that actually has uh, not been resolved, States, by the way. The President of the United States has the right to act on national security issues. And, and so to limit, to limit immigration is perfectly within his purview. But in terms of setting immigration policy and naturalization policy, that's an act of Congress that's required. But he's not setting naturalization policy, and he's not setting immigration policy. What he's doing is he's giving an opportunity to people who are not naturalized citizens. He's not giving them a a way to become naturalized citizens. He's giving them a deferment from deportation, allowing them to stay if they meet the requirements to stay. That's all. And what I'm saying is that the requirements as to whether or not they can be in the country are normally set by Congress. And so the president of the United States cannot override an act of Congress unilaterally once that act has been set. And that is where the previous administration acted outside of its boundaries. Yeah, so, I disagree. So with whether that, or not, obviously. well, you can disagree, but that, that, I mean, that's, that's, how our, that's how our constitution works. I, I didn't realize that you were a constitutional lawyer. I didn't know you, you uh, were so familiar with the constitution. I, I, I'm not, especially but, I, but I'll tell you that. that has, this, it's but not that, been resolved. That, that semester of constitutional law that I took is paying off right now. Let me tell you. Uh, well, listen, uh, you can say that, but the reality is, is the Supreme Court has not made a federal judgment on whether or not this is unconstitutional. This is at this moment right. not unconstitutional. Okay, so, so, oh, geez, that that's completely absurd. So what you're saying is that if the Supreme Court hasn't acted in any specific case, then we then we are to assume that it's constitutional. We are to assume that it is open to interpretation. Okay, so it was open to interpretation as to whether or not, you know, a a bakery in Colorado should should support gay marriage until it went before the Supreme Court. So why were there so many liberals arguing against it? Because they felt like their rights were violated. No, no. (laughs) My rights weren't violated when that. A uh, couple decided not to sell a cake to the gay uh, to the two lesbians. Uh, I think that issue was that discrimination is distasteful to most liberals. Most liberals do not like the idea of people being discriminated discriminated against for their sexuality, for their color, for their religion. That's just how we they, are. We generally do yeah, not well, like that. Kind you of know, thing. But unfortunately, unfortunately, you agree. You, Liberals absolutely agree with everything you said until someone disagrees with them, and and then they are absolutely for, <laughs> absolutely for discrimination. You know, the, the left will suppress. And, and give me an example, please. Oh, a great example is what's going on right now with this wonderful Antifa movement, right, and the tearing down of the statues. If you don't agree, then by God, we're going to segregate against you. We're going to push you out. We're going to tear your statues down. We're not going to use a, a process that's in place for us to handle this correctly. Wait a second. You know, the, rea- the reality is, I mean, come on. The left shuts down people all the time who disagree with them. I mean, the media shuts them. It's ridiculous. But that's is, not but a point. What we're talking about right now is DACA. What we're talking about right now is DACA. We need to stay on point. We are talking about DACA. That's true. I'm going to disagree with everything you just said, and we can still talk about DACA. We, we, the, we can. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to make one more statement about that. 
The fact is that those statues, the ones that we're talking about tearing down, those are statues celebrating people who fought against the United States of America. Those are statues celebrating people who are for slavery. Those statues are celebrating people who basically stand for a certain kind of discrimination that we don't believe in in this country anymore. And so, you know, I, listen, it's, it's I agree simple. with your first and your third. I don't necessarily agree with your second. But I, okay. but I agree. The statues need to come down. They represent treason against the U.S. government. I, I totally agree. I just believe they should happen through a legislative process. That's all. Rather than uh, them just being torn Civil down. Civil disobedience. Yeah. I mean, come on. The city councils in those towns represent the people that live there. There's no reason that those people can't put people in power that would remove those statues. The, it, the process is there for them to be properly represented. But look, sure. I agree with you, or, or it should have been done by presidential action, I, and, and it should have been done a long time ago. Uh, you know, I, I fully agree with you. Those, those, those statues do not belong there. They represent treason against our country, and the people that are on those statues are not heroes. They're civil disobedient, you know, civilly disobedient actors, and the real heroes are the ones that tried to hold it together. You know, yeah. they, I mean, so I'm with you on that. I uh, even even though Robert Robert E. Lee was probably a a much more distinguished gentleman than Ulysses Ever Grant ever thought of being, but nonetheless, <laughs> Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, it's true. That Ulysses S. Grant, even as a president, is a drunk. The guy was a drunk bastard. But all right, hold on. You know, before, before we go any further, let's in, let's uh, give out the call-in number so guests know where to call. If you want to call in and voice your opinion, uh, tell me I'm an idiot, or conversely, tell my my respected co-host that he is uh, similarly stupid. You may call six five seven three eight three one three one three, and uh, we will uh, get you on the air today. So uh, please do feel free to call in. Uh, anyway, as you were saying, you listened to this. Grant was a terrible drunk. Robert E. Lee he was, was a, a fine gentleman. And uh, it's yes, it's true. But hey, let, okay. So that was DACA. But you know, speaking of stupid, I think we should we should unless we have a caller on that topic of DACA. We, uh, go ahead. We do not. Yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're okay. free and clear. I, I agree with then you. Then I was, was going to say, I, I think we should move on to our new segment. I agree. I think that's a great idea, Tony. I love that idea. All right, we're, <laughs> our new segment is called? Stupid. <laughs> Can they really be that stupid? How's that one? I like that. Can they really be that stupid? What is it? We'll call it that. Can they really what should be we that call stupid? It? Can you really, Can really be, be, be that, that stupid? stupid? Oh, I like that. Okay. Can you really be that stupid? So That's in a great this segment, what we're going to do is we're going to exchange the top three stupid things liberals and Republicans said this week. Yeah. And like I so said earlier, I feel, like, I feel like this is a really a slam dunk for me because God knows I've just got a ton of stuff to pull from. You must have had a very hard time finding things. But boy, oh, I've, got, I've got some well, stuff. That's why I developed the whole concept for the segment, because it was so difficult. <laughs> but why don't you start, Mr. Reddy? <laughs> it's your segment. I feel obliged to invite you to start. No, well, I defer to you. Oh, very good. All right. See, I want to see what you got. Fine. Good. Fair enough. Uh, t- this week on Twitter, Jacob Wall, who is uh, the CEO of Montgomery Assets, this is a financial mind. Uh, he is also the host of Offended America, and uh, he looks like he's about 12 years old. Um, he posted he's a on Twitter. Fund manager, right? Yeah, he's a fund manager. Yeah, he he yeah, uh, he posted. This is the thing I, I've noticed. Uh, just looking around in general, Republicans love memes. They love them, and the reason I think Republicans love memes or conservative conservatives love memes is because memes take complex ideas and break them down to really simple expressions. So it, it's very it. easy to get a meme. Um, I love your blanket statements. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he posted, uh, he basically posted two charts uh, side by side. One is labeled the Obama bear market, and it shows a, a it must be a Dow Jones industrial average index uh, in a, in a, just a chart, you know, just a regular graph chart uh, between uh, the dates of one, four, 2009, right after Obama took office to 7-4-2009. And that chart basically shows it's a dip down there in the middle. Of course, Obama was dealing with a terrible uh, uh, economic crisis as he came into office. The Dow dipped. 
And then by the time we get to the end of that chart, it, it, it's about the same. And, and it starts and ends at about 9,000, okay? And then right next to it is the chart labeled the Trump bull market, which shows the Dow Jones Industrial Average for January, 7, January 8, 2017 to July 8, 2017. And it's a, it's a constant upswing from 18,000 or over 18,000, excuse me, about 18,250 maybe, to about 21,000. And the reason I found this so abhorrently stupid is because there is, a, there is an eight-year gap between the end of the Obama bear market chart and the start of the Trump bull market chart. And it's like the, the Obama bear market chart ends at uh, 9,500. But the Trump bull market chart, which starts when Trump took office, starts at 18,500. So, you know, I guess those eight years of the Obama bear market don't count to the conservative movement or, or that, that or they're just too stupid to read charts. Can you really be that stupid? Well, apparently Jacob Wall can be. I agree with you. That's absolutely repugnant. And that's why he's not a leader in the Republican Party. <laughs> I think he is. You know, I never heard of this guy got... until five minutes ago. So, well, there you, you know, go. I, there, are, there, are, there are a lot bigger names to pick on than uh, Jacob oh, Wall. We'll clear, clear, I, I think my guess is uh, you know, he, he was probably holding the charts upside down, had no idea. He clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm really curious. I mean, honestly, you're right. I mean, this guy is a complete idiot. I agree with you. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, that was easy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so for my for for my for my softball, because clearly that was a softball. That can't be your best. Um, oh I, no. Uh, I, I'm building. Oh no! Here it comes. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh, conversation between uh, Martha Plimpton. What a wonderful name! And uh, and Willie Parker, uh, the abortion doctor. Now, now here's the deal. We, we don't need to or argue about abortion. Uh, we could go on and on and on about that. Uh, this is the, the now very famous uh, exchange where she was talking about how fantastic her abortion was in Seattle. And, and uh, if she could yelp it, she would do it. And it was her first, and she was proud of that. But, but the dumb thing, <laughs> the dumb thing comes from this uh, abortion doctor who is arguing that you know, he, he doesn't kill babies. He terminates pregnancies. And in the process, he says, uh, a fe- now this is a doctor, by the way. <laughs> a a okay. fetus is not a person. If you really believe that abortion is murder, call 911 and see if the police will come to, a, to an abortion clinic. I mean, okay, now, now mind you, this is an African-American doctor saying that because the police won't come and arrest you because you just killed somebody, it must not be murder. I mean, let's talk to X hundreds or thousands of black people that were abhorrently killed by white people all throughout the 1800s and into the 1900s, and and the police never showed up for that. I mean, that's repugnant, and that is leftist thinking. Oh, my God. I love that you say that's leftist thinking. I, I, I actually think that there's a good chance that he was kidding. I would hope he was kidding. I mean, there's no way that you make that comment in seriousness. Yeah, if you read the uh, whole story, watch the interview, whatever, he wasn't kidding. Really? He's dead he's serious. Dead serious. Yeah, he, he's oh going God. on and on about how, you know, he, he terminates pregnancies, he doesn't commit murder, and the best way to know is exactly that. If it was murder, call 911, they'd arrest me. It's, oh, my Lord. It's just repugnant. It's repugnant that a topic and, – and, okay, so let's assume that he's kidding. Let's give him that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Is that the subject a kid like that about? I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. I mean, I think, I think the biggest issue, the, the part of the reason that there's such a divide on this topic culturally between the left and the right is because I think the, the right feels like the left is so desperate to say that this is okay that the, the whole idea of it even possibly being murdered has, has been minimized to uh, this kind of a statement. And, and so we'll never be able to get to, the, to a, a good conversation about it if, if, if the idea that a human life might be being taken is minimized. I think that's a fair statement. I think that's a pretty accurate assessment, actually. I think you're dead on. I, um, there's, a, there's a real dismissal by the left that uh, abortion is a murder. Um, there's no question. And I, I think that we, you know, a lot of people focus on the fact that it's a woman's right to choose. 
and they focus on the uh, the adult in the situation, and you know the the fully formed adult who has choices to make. And um, yeah, I, I, look, I don't think that we can't have a conversation about it. I think we can have a conversation about it, but um, you know we should probably leave this conversation to another day. Shall we move yeah, on? Okay, next. Yeah, let's move on to your next one. Dumb, dumb let's move on to my next one. This is uh, this is from right wing idiot Bill Mitchell. Who uh, do you know, Bill Mitchell? You're just pulling out the. No, I have no idea who that is. Oh God, Bill Mitchell. Uh, what can I say oh, about Bill? Bill? Mitchell. I thought you said Dole. I'm sorry. No, yes. Bill Mitchell Bill is. Mitchell. Uh, he's the host of uh, Your Voice America, Monday through Fridays <laughs> at 7 p.m. Yeah. yeah, I know who he is. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, oh wait. Oh, I lost. I lost the 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 tweet. Hold on. Hold on. He doesn't say anything stupid. Of course. Here we go. Go ahead. I got it. Here we go. This is uh, this speaks to the idiocy of the uh, the right. Who nine months? Excuse me. uh, Ten months after Hillary Clinton lost the election to Donald Trump, they just can't let it go. Bill Mitchell says, after seven months of nonstop media attacks, Trump still has higher approval rating than Hillary Clinton. And my answer to Bill Mitchell is. Who the fuck cares, Bill? I mean, seriously, <laughs> who cares? The fact of the matter is Trump has the worst approval ratings in American history for a president who's been sitting in office nine months. And um, it's time to let go of Hillary Clinton. Uh, how stupid can you really be? Yeah, I would agree. It's time to let go of Hillary Clinton, and the left needs to come to understand that, too. I mean, uh, you know, it, it – What? It, We've let go. We've let go. No, no, you let go. No, wait, it's not. You can't even speak on the matter. Exactly my point, right? I mean, there were a lot of people that, uh, well, apparently voted for her. I don't know if they actually voted for her, but seemingly they voted for her. Um, You know, it's it's awfully funny that we keep talking about how the Russians hacked the election, uh, but yet somehow Hillary Clinton was winning on the the left side. Maybe they did because nobody seemed to be supporting her, and yet she still won. <laughs> oh no, that was the DNC. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, All right. That's an- <laughs> again another topic for another day. Well, uh, although we may, one, yeah, later. Yeah, we might get into that. Okay. Later. All right. So on that topic, sort of. Um, yes. Here comes my next favorite. Uh, Go ahead. You know, th- Number two. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this person is probably going to be a regular punching bag on this show because every time she opens her mouth. Something absolutely stupid comes out of it. Um, I'm sure you already know who I'm talking about. And that would be the very glorious Maxine Waters, who tweeted this week, uh, Trump defends white nationalists, demeans women, pals around with Russians, and attacks people of color and the LBGT community. He is deplorable. So so what I love about this... Sounds about right. Here's an an African-American woman who is... Uh, who is apparently criticizing the president because he's a white nationalist, he's, he's clearly um, you know, a bigot and all these other things. But in the process of that, she throws in this, this very general term, pals around with Russians, right? I mean, this is exactly what happens. You, know, you, you attack the right for liking memes. One thing the left does is throws out these blanket, ridiculous statements that contradict the platform of the left. You can't, you can't in one breath criticize someone for being racist or a bigot or a xenophobe or whatever it is you're going to say about them, and in the very next breath somehow criticize all Russian people. You can't do that. That's not allowed. It breaks the rules. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a bit of a reach, Tony. I appreciate, the, I appreciate your second point, that, but – that's a reach. She's not criticizing not. just because she says he pals around with Russians. She's not criticizing Russians. It's not a criticism. She's criticizing oh, 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 him. Oh. So, so, so how does palling around with Russians make him a bad guy? Well, I think Come given on. the You're given really the circumstances around the investigation that that Special Investigator Mueller is currently engaged in, I think that there's a you know there's a, a bit of a sinister uh, implication there. Yeah, you know, it's really funny because in another tweet she does point out that uh, one of his best friends must be Vladimir Putin. But, you know, right now I don't know that they're exactly on talking terms. I mean, unless, unless both of these presidents of two superpowers in the world are sincerely throwing out, you know, all the diplomats and everything else that goes with that, 
just to kind of put up a ruse that they're really not friends. I mean, that that's a long way to go to suggest that we're not really friends with one another. Well, All right, listen, number the three. World, take, the world take stage your number is, three. Yeah, my number three. Okay, here it is. The mother of all. Can you really be that stupid? No, I've got uh, that one it is, Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is talk about a, a regular punching bag. Uh, as we all know, this last week, Hurricane Harvey absolutely decimated uh, Texas, just destroyed it. Uh, I was actually in Dallas last weekend. Uh, there was still no gasoline in Dallas from the run on gas. It, it is a the life there will not be the same for years or excuse me, months. I don't know about years, maybe years. Um, and uh, today on on uh, in the independent, this headline Gay people to blame for Hurricane Harvey, say evangelical <laughs> Christian leaders. And, and yeah, and, and here, so I've got actually two people. Minister Kevin Swanson said. Oh, everybody knows him. Yeah. Jesus sends them. Oh, I've got, oh, don't worry. I've got a, a recognizable name coming. Jesus sends the message home. Unless Americans repent, unless Houston repents, unless New Orleans repents. They will all likewise perish. That is the message the Lord Jesus Christ is sending home right now to America, he said. But my favorite comment in this article comes from Ann Coulter, uh, Skeletor herself, who said, uh, I don't believe Hurricane Harvey is God's punishment for Houston electing a lesbian mayor, but that is more credible than climate change, she wrote on Twitter. Come on, Ann Coulter. Can you really okay. be that stupid? That was a joke. I know and, it was a joke, but it's a bad and, joke. And I, it's, a, it's a stupid I, I think joke. I, it, it, is a, it is a dumb joke. And it's actually not, it's not a, a joke a, because she believes it. Which part? She doesn't believe in climate change. I'm sure she doesn't but believe she that Hurricane believe Harvey that is God's punishment yeah, exactly. for Houston electing a lesbian mayor, but she does not believe in climate so, change. Which so, is, so basically yeah. for your mother of all quotes, you picked sarcasm. Nice. Okay. So now let me give you mine. <laughs> Go ahead. So this is an excerpt from President uh, – President. wow, did I really just say that? Holy smokes. Uh, I, I think I just damned myself to hell. Uh, this is a quote oh. from uh, uh, former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton's new book, in oh, which almost, she says in her almost new book, did it, huh? Yeah, almost named her president. I, I'll, man, I would have let you shoot me. Uh, <laughs> in, in which, in which she says, throughout the primaries, every time I wanted to hit back against Bernie's attacks, I was told to restrain myself. Nothing <clears throat> that his plans didn't, or noting that his plans didn't add up that they would inevitably mean raising taxes on middle-class families or that they were little more than a pipe dream. All of this could be used to reinforce this argument that I wasn't a true progressive. My team kept reminding me that we didn't want to alienate Bernie's supporters. President Obama urged me to grit my teeth and lay off Bernie as much as I could. I felt like I was in a straitjacket. For crying out loud, does that sound like a leader of the free world talking? It absolutely is repugnant to me that this woman cannot accept any responsibility for her own blunders in her own campaign in which she was winning primaries that were fixed in her favor. It, it, it is blows my mind how many people she has to blame and, and, in, and in the end somehow turn herself into a victim. I can tell you one thing I don't want. It's a victim for president. I can appreciate that. I think uh, we do have a couple callers. I, you know, what? we'll let that last one stand. I've got no, uh, no snappy comeback for you on that. That's called a mic drop right there. You That's, I'll, I'll take it. Um, shall we take a call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've been we've been going for about thirty four minutes. Believe it or not, we can certainly see who's on the line. A caller from six four five one. Go ahead. You are on with Dave and Tony. Hey, how's it going? You guys got an interesting topic going on. Well, thank you. Who's this? Thank you. Oh, this is Ben. Hey, Ben. How hey. you doing? So, so I've been really interested in politics, and it led me to be interested in psychology. So I've been listening to a lot of 
of both. And history comes with, if you follow psychology and politics, you run into history a lot. So, been, you know, it's been a long train of thought or train of research for a couple of years. And, um, well, it seems like what's happening is things are things are repeating. You can find the same kind of problems that we're going through right now in other countries, and it seems like the the attack on belief systems in general and the attack on patriarchy from the left is it's trying to strip people of of faiths. Wait, wait, wait. The agree. attack on hold on, hold on, Ben. The attack on patriarchy from the left? Yeah, in general. What do you like, mean by that? Uh, so you've you've seen some of these marches and protests and the kinds of things that are being said. It's basically an attack on the way this country was designed and the people that are in charge and white How's males that? in general. How's that? How. How is that? What do you Actually, mean? yeah, those those people that are marching and those people that are protesting on 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 both sides actually are exercising the rights that that were designed for them by the people who founded this country. Right, exactly. And I'm not saying that they can't do that. I'm just no. looking at what what it means. I'm trying to figure out what this means, what this leads to, and okay. If you if you look back in history, you can get a better idea of what's what's forward okay sometimes you can and uh, i agree with you sometimes the past tells us a lot about the future the uh uh you know so so one of the things that if we look back at the country you know we we, we tend to go through sort of these swings i think that's kind of the point that you're making and um yeah you know we we, we went through a very sort of left-leaning swing in the 70s and then we went through a conservative swing in the 80s and 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 you know the 90s uh we kind of swung back the other way uh and and then kind of the overlap years you know we we just swing back and forth and and as of late uh you know and, and that's what's been predicted in part about the trump presidency is that it's a reaction uh and and perhaps a final reaction to uh, the the left movement within the United States culturally, and and it's sort of some are arguing that it's the last breath of air uh, that the conservatives will have before the the tipping point, um, and and the country just moves fully left. And and to be honest with you, if you look at the difference in policy between uh, you know even George George W. Bush and uh, and and going back. Uh, in time to whether it, it's it's a Nixon or um, uh, Reagan, you know they're they're very different in terms of their their stances. The the conservative party of the United States has definitely moved uh, significantly more towards the middle, and the left has moved more left. Um, and right. and so it may be true. What, what you know that that may be true. Um, so anyway, that yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. I, I would actually right. argue that the conservative party has moved uh, more. Uh, let me put it this way. I, I actually think that what's happened is both the Democrats and the Republicans have moved away from the middle class and toward an elite class. And I think that that's, that's you, you've got a, you've got a country where it's almost an autocracy that, uh, or excuse me, a plutocracy that where you have a, legislative branch that is serving a that is serving corporate interests rather than human interests because the fact of the matter is that sometimes most times human interests and corporate interests don't necessarily work together they're they're conflicted and i think that that's what you're that's what you see you know and that's why often when when we talk about the differences between Republicans and Democrats and conservatives and liberals, the differences are, are, are really social. I, I don't know that they are so much political. When it comes to the politics, we all want a healthy middle class. We all want a, 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 we, I, thank you, Tony. I will. We all want a, um, you know, security. We want to have food on the table, you know, hope for, hope for our kids, that sort of thing. 
Those are the things yeah, that the I one think thing, Americans really the want. The one thing I would add to that is if, if, if anybody thinks that the government in the United States has ever been anything but a plutocracy, they're, they're, they're vastly mistaken. I mean, uh, you know, the, the reality is the, the wealthy in the United States have always run the government. That's just a fact on, on both sides, on even well, when there were other parties. Yeah. Well, to get back to what you were saying about the pendulum natural swing back and forth, um, we have swung to the left. We've, we've swung to the left for the last two terms. And if you want to look at just policies in general, it's it's more terms than that. I mean, the ni- the 80s and 90s were, were changing to be more inclusive for the left also. And yeah. no, I, things, I, I were, totally... things were going pretty well. But right now, what you're saying is that the since the last two swings were to the left, or it never came back, the the power has shifted and to the point where they, you know, there's almost enough power that's been redistrib- redistributed um, that there there's people trying to stop the swing from even coming back. And yeah, look, the, I, attack, I agree the attacks on free speech are part of that. So the the attacks of free speech, not to let somebody say what their what their thoughts are, drives it farther underground, which drives it to the fringes, right and left. Yeah, I agree. That's an interesting yeah. point. I appreciate your call, Ben. Thanks for calling tonight. Yeah, that was thank good. you. Thank you. Thank you know, I, I just to wrap that up. Uh, you know, I, I I fully agree. I mean, the reality is is that if you if you just look at human nature, the difference between conservatism and liberalism, uh, you know, pop culture is always going to move further towards liberalism. Why? Because it's less restrictive. Because it's and, awesome. And it's less restrictive. It it it, it you know. It, it tend, somebody once said, if you ever want to get rich, sell sin. And, and, and it, it's a reality. If you sell sin, oh, you're going to get on, rich. Oh, come on. You know, I don't like those kinds of analogies because the reality I, is you're equating liberty with sin. And, that, and, that, and those two no, things no, are no, not – No, no, are, no, 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 Hold on. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Yeah, well, actually, I guess maybe, maybe to an extent I am. I'm not saying that liberty is sin. No. What, I am saying, what I am saying is this, is the more restrictive the government is – the less popular the government is, and and that's a fact. And so when we when we want to ex- execute more restrictive budgets, and we want to ex- execute more restrictive policy, we I mean we got a couple of cases in point right now. We're going to be less popular, and because of that, the right will always be chasing votes. That's just a fact. On that note. We uh, let's uh, give out the call in number again. If you do want to call in and speak with uh, Tony and myself, the number is six five seven three eight three one three one three. Tony, we do have another call. Let's take one more call and then we'll get back on track with um, Bernie Sanders, democratic socialism, and totalitarianism. How about that? <laughs> it's a lot to cover, I know. And we, you know, we only seem to get to about three things on the show, but let's uh, let's move along. Uh, on one eight zero two, you are on the air. Hello. Yes. How you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Long time listener. Hey, this is Vance from <laughs> North Idaho. Vance awesome. from North Idaho. Welcome. Hey, listen, I love your show. Uh, I wanted to say a couple things. To <laughs> I love about, that, by uh, the way. What, what's that? Long time listener. That was awesome. Go ahead. Here, Vance, I've got, I've got a no. song for you, Vance. Here you go. Go for it. All right. Nice. Hey, you know what really starts to heat me up? And and Dave, first of all, I totally agree that plutocracy, I think it's even just getting worse and worse as the years go by. But um, I lean more uh, conservative. Um, And I I do get – but I think there's a lot of memes on both sides that take – complex problems and and make it into a quick little oh gotcha type thing you know i I think the left does a fair share of that as well about you know this this whole race relation things now you know i'm tired of seeing memes on facebook trying to you know make identity politics or take a little thing and then oh gotcha you must be a racist because of that it's irritating especially you know i'm a mixed um I, i guess you would look at me i'd say i'm more white male but my ancestry and stuff has a lot of Latino in me, and I just start getting 
you know, a little bit upset and tired of being called or labeled something just because of you have a certain belief. You know, I don't think uh, Colin pa- uh, Kaepernick should, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're a racist. I don't think that people should be blocking streets when a protest because I got to go to work. Oh, you're a racist. I mean, it, it goes on and on, and I'm tired of it. It's interesting that you say that, Vance, because there's there's. It seems I hear a lot of that from from various sources, conservative sources, that uh, you know that the sentiment is, if you feel a certain way, you are immediately labeled a racist. If you if you support Donald Trump, you must be a racist. If you you know yada yada yada, you're a racist. I get it. I I I have to say I haven't seen a lot of that. I don't see a lot of that from the left. I, maybe I'm not looking in the right place. Maybe because you're I, not the target of it, David. I That's guess, true. but you know something, Tony? The fact of the matter is I follow a lot more left-leaning people on Twitter than I do right-leaning people. I follow my fair share of right-leaning people. I watch both CNN and Fox. I watch MSNBC. I, I do read Breitbart occasionally just so I can see what kind of idiocy is coming from there. So, <laughs> you know, there's a... Um, yeah, I had one I left off tonight. Um, you know, there, but I'm I'm not seeing a whole lot of that. You know, you must be a racist if you are a right winger coming from the left. I think it's a sentiment that that just doesn't. It seems to be perpetuated by the right. Michael I Moore, don't see if you vote for a racist, what are you then? Because it sure sounds like racism to me. It's absolutely oh. racist. It, yeah, it's even like this. This DA, how do you say DACA, DACA, whatever? But you know, this comes out, and all of a sudden, I see all over the news channels. Oh my God, the the sky is falling. Look what he's doing. Blah blah blah. I mean, didn't wasn't it Obama's policy that kind of he just kind of created this and left it in a no man's land? And and Trump just didn't give it six months to hey let's let's figure something out. It, it's like the the sky is falling. Oh, my God, look what Trump did. He's kicking these poor innocent people out tomorrow. Uh, he is so evil and twisted, and he's just saying, hey, we got to get this thing checked off the books. Let's let it go through the proper channels. Let's go six months. Let Democrats and Republicans can make it correct, or let's write the ship. It never got righted. It never got finished. And well, I, I, it, it just I, you, you hear this stuff, and just I'll, I'll finish my thought I mean, real quick. But yeah. you, and then you, and then and then you know the right starts putting out videos, and of course you know you see it on Facebook. But you know there's there's montages of Schumer, Biden, Obama, Hillary, Bill Clinton. I'm literally montages, if not edits, of them saying the exact same thing that comes out of Trump's mouth, which, by the way, I'm not a big supporter of Trump, but the exact same things that comes out of his mouth, yeah. and then you'll see a meme on him saying, yeah. racist Trump, blah, 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 but yeah. they completely I've seen, I know what you're talking about. about everything else. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and, again, I know. and again, David, to, to Vance's point, here is you know, Don Lemon from CNN saying, anyone who was in the White House and is supporting him is complicit in their racism as well. I mean, they do say, yeah. David, you just Listen, don't hear it. The fact of the matter is that Trump had people in his cabinet, and maybe still does. I, I know that uh, uh, Miller is is definitely, uh, you know, you look at Miller and you, you have to wonder what's going on with his beliefs as it relates to race relations. But Gorka uh, uh, was a was a Nazi. I mean, there's no question about it. The guy wore a Nazi pin proudly. At a public event, this is a guy who, you know, who Trump put in the cabinet. You look at a guy like Bannon, who has espoused fascist views. He wants to tear the republic down, and yet Trump makes him his chief of staff, and he's basically – So let me ask you a question. Are you saying that if somebody supports fascism or or if somebody is racist, that you would not have them in the White House? I would absolutely prefer that we do not have racists in any branch of government. Yeah. Right. That's called segregation, David, and that's an example of the left segregating because somebody oh, doesn't agree. Oh, come on, with... Tony. That's but... ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. You're, you're, you were, it's, a, it's a false equivocation to say that because I want to keep racists out of the White House or out of, out of ruling government, 
that I am being a segregationist. That's nuts. I mean, well, how, it's, wait, how is that? How, honestly, how is that any different? But here, here's a here's a here's a uh, a quote from Howard Dean this week. If you want to vote for a racist in the White House, then you better vote for Republicans. But if you want to vote for yeah. Democrats and really have change, that's where I think America is going. I mean, here's okay, the and the fact you, of the matter is the three people that you've just quoted are really, really good at making really, really inflammatory statements so that they can all I'm, get all I'm people to listen to them. And that includes that Michael Moore. And, and all I'm saying is you were saying you were not familiar with that behavior, and I was, I was giving you three examples. Okay, that, I appreciate you know, that. Support what Vance hey, is saying. That, that's all. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going and keep listening. I love your guys' show. Um, Thanks, but, man. But I would like just just another little parting shot. It's where I get irritated as a conservative, right, David? You change my mind on a lot of stuff when I hear your post or read your post, etc. But it does get me butthurt. Excuse my French. When you know you do see exact same quotes from Schumer, yeah, from Biden, Obama, Hillary, like. Where are all the lefties, me and you have mutual friends, that love to post stuff on Facebook where if I'm, – I'm telling you, it's almost verbatim of what Trump will say. And you know what people on top – they'll – oh, my God, they'll jump down a stroke. Where are yep. they when the same exact thing is coming out of the left's mouth? This That's a salient point. It's a politics. I'm tired of politics. That's a salient point. That's a very salient point. I agree with what you just said. You know, one of my biggest issues, and I don't know if I said this last week on the show, but I certainly have said it plenty this week. One of my biggest issues when Obama took the White House was that there was a flip in the media. All of a sudden, Fox became CNN. CNN became Fox. MSNBC became Fox. So the, the news outlets that I had been watching, be, which were hypercritical of the president, uh, that being George W. Bush, were not holding Obama to the same standards publicly. And that really bothered me. And, and I saw what Chuck, Chuck Schumer said about uh, uh, DACA. I saw that, DACA. Uh, you, yeah, he said the exact same things that Trump is saying, hold on, let's figure it out. I think part of the knee-jerk reaction on the left, to speak to your point, as it relates to DACA, stems from what, how Trump came into office. Keep in mind, he came galloping into the White House and immediately, and I mean immediately, instituted a travel ban, which was completely unconstitutional from several countries, and, right. uh, and broke up families, and it was really horrible. And so when Trump says, I'm going to end DACA, the first thing that comes to people's minds, and by the way, don't, for, don't forget for a second, there are stories in the news of ICE agents going out and taking people in, who have been in this country for decades and, and who have become functioning, contributing members of this society and deporting them without really any due process. Well, I guess there is no due process when you're an illegal immigrant. But the, um, there is a real knee-jerk reaction from the left when Trump does something like this that, oh, my God, he is going to take 800,000 people who are, and many of them are children, who don't have any life other than the one that they have built here, and he's going to send them to countries where they don't know the languages, they don't know. So, so you know, yeah, there's a there's absolutely a, okay. a knee-jerk reaction. There. So, so something that's interesting that you just said that I want to I want to ask you a question on. It, it sounded like what you said is. You agree that if they're an illegal alien, you don't have due process, and you're okay with uh, uh, some kind of uh, governmental action against those folks because they are illegal. However, you would prefer that there was some humane treatment and humane reasoning in how that was done. I believe in amnesty. I believe we need to – this country has an enormous population of aliens, legal and illegal – and we have to create better amnesty programs to allow those people to become naturalized citizens. The idea of borders in this world, which has become much smaller Here as comes. a result. Absolutely. I, I am a globalist. I, I'm happy to admit it. The oh idea my of, God. of borders is silly. When, when a butterfly can flap its wings in Iran, 
and we feel it over here, you better believe I think the the idea of borders okay. are, are so, a little that's silly. Reality. You're you're really you're really a globalist, and you don't favor Americanism. It's I I it's not about whether I favor Americanism or not. And by the way, I also consider myself a patriot. But the reality is that you patriot know, to what though? We are a human race. We share this but, world. But what are you a this patriot world has to? Limited resources. Uh, what are you a patriot to? What are you a patriot to? Uh, What's I your think flag? I'm a, I, I, well, I, listen, the, flag, I, the flag of the United States has borders, but you don't agree with that? the borders. The flag of the United States has borders, but you don't agree with the borders. I'm so from what are you the United States. To? I'm an American citizen, and I believe in the democracy and the republic that is America. And I also believe that we need to reduce border control and open the world up to Globalism. I th- we are already living in a globalist society. So, ridiculous so, so it's our. It, so let so let me let me really understand this because because I, I think this is where the problem lies. I agree with your idealism. Okay, I agree with it. However, I also understand that we live in a practical environment, and for us to export democracy is is hegemony, and we can't practice hegemony. No, no, we can't practice it. Uh, for a lot of reasons, the least of which is it's completely disrespectful to other cultures. But but that that's where your conundrum lies. You can't, on the one hand, say I love being an American because being an American means living within a democracy that's only protected because we have borders and a constitution that governs it. And on the other hand, say but I want to get rid of the borders and and you know take our democracy to the to a global environment because that. That's, homo- that's, hege- that's hegemony. You can't do that. That, that. that is counterintuitive to being respectful of other cultures. I think that's a black and white view. Uh, I think there's a way to do it that is subtle and respective of other cultures. But, I, you know, listen, but, I mean, I think that's a, that's a much longer conversation among people who yeah. maybe are much smarter than um, – well, certainly much smarter than me. I'll take that. No. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. for the, thanks for the call. Great job. I'll listen next Wednesday. Hey, uh, if I see you again, I'm going to do an event with a crisis. <laughs> Good. Thanks for calling, Vance. All right. I'll see you. Vance from Vance. Idaho, ladies and gentlemen. Or Vance. Yeah, Vance. Yeah, let's play Vance out. There we go. That's it for Vance. Nice. Anyway, Vance is a real We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be an American, too. We we are the greatest country in the world. There's no question. Because being American means loving our boundaries. (laughs) You can't. Our borders. Our borders are American. Just because I love our country doesn't mean that I have to love the way that we treat immigrants and the way that we treat our borders. I agree. Those are, are, well, the second one, absolutely mutually exclusive. The third one, it, it comes part and parcel. Well, anyway, we have a minute what, what and 56 seconds. <laughs> We've got next up is the end of the show. <laughs> We've done it again, Tony. We can't, yeah. we can't be contained within one hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. But you well, know, an hour seems like a good amount of time for you and I, I think, don't you agree? I think I know it's all I can take. Just kidding. <laughs> I just 90 seconds. I'm sorry. Our said. <laughs> No, I love you, David. I, I, life, life would not be as colorful without you. Oh, thanks, Tony. And life would not be as black and white without you. So I really appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, it was fun. I, what, we have a minute left or something? Yeah. Do you have anything you want to plug? I know, you know, we talked a little bit about your books, but, but you've never really uh, plugged them or anything. No, I, you can go on Amazon. I wrote a book called the uh, – <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called. Sacred uh, Cow. Uh, no, it's called Killing Cows. That's why I couldn't remember it. Oh, Killing, Killing Cows, cows. The, six sacred, the Six Sacred Cows Keeping You from a Fully Satisfied Life, and it's on Amazon, and it, it is a good book. It talks about uh, our customs, our cultures, our past experiences, our judgments, and our expectations, and usually those things stand between us and, and a satisfied life. And uh, that's I agree. Despite, you despite, there you go. Despite Tony being a terrible orator, he's a terrific author. You should definitely check that out. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and despite David warrior. being a terrible friend, he's really a good guy. <laughs> Tony, I love you too. Uh, as always, right, it's been fun. I will see you uh, next week, my man, and we'll see you all out there next week. Thanks for to our callers, Ben and Vance.